Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The ties that bind. Addition, as the Bengals' second preseason game ends in a 13-all tie in Atlanta. Cincinnati's first preseason tie in 52 years. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, locker room comments from players and coaches, and Dave Lapham will join me for post-game analysis. Then, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, rookie Shaka Hayward discusses his family legacy in the NFL. You've undoubtedly heard of his cousin, Steelers Pro Bowl defensive lineman Cam Hayward. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since an unsung hero named Jeff Brickner. The Bengals' traveling party to Atlanta included roughly 155 people. That means a huge plane that can not only carry that many passengers, but can also handle roughly 10,000 pounds of football equipment. You need four buses in Cincinnati and in Atlanta with police escorts to get them where they need to go on time. You need hotel rooms that are ready for everybody as soon as the team arrives, plus a large dining area, plus meeting rooms for the various position groups. You need several meals for men with very large appetites, and you need security for the players and coaches. In short, every road trip is a major undertaking, and the guy that handles all of those travel logistics for the Bengals is Director of Operations Jeff Brickner. This is my 13th year as the team's radio announcer, and I can count on one hand the number of times that all of that didn't go smoothly. So, Brick... If you listen to this podcast, your hard work and attention to detail is truly appreciated. Now, let's get to Friday night's tie in Atlanta. I have the pleasure of calling all 50 of Desmond Ritter's games at the University of Cincinnati. He led the Bearcats to wins in 44 of them. Only two quarterbacks in FBS history, Kellen Moore and Colt McCoy, led their teams to more W's. Ritter has taken over as Atlanta's starting quarterback this year, and in his first action of the preseason, Dez was sharp as he led the Falcons on a 15-play drive to begin the game. Atlanta actually gained 106 yards, but gave 28 back on penalties. And yet, after holding the ball for nearly 10 minutes, the Falcons didn't even score. Third down and goal from the six. Cincinnati shifting up front. Ritter ready, catches a shotgun snap, looking left, throws toward the end zone, Pick it. batted up in the air, yeah. intercepted by Osai, runs back to the 15, and gets tackled at the 18-yard line by quarterback Desmond Ritter. Mike Hilton tipped it. Mike Hilton made a great play on it and tipped it, goes airborne, and uh, once it's tipped, interceptions happen. The Bengals' starting defense was on the field for that drive, and while it bent, it didn't break. I talked to Osai after the game. Red zone pick. <laughs> Defensive ends don't have a lot of red zone picks. No, they don't. No, they don't. Shout out to whoever uh, popped that ball in the air. I still have it. Oh, 
providing a chance to look at it, man. Let me pause that interview for a moment to explain what's going on. When Osai said, shout out to whoever popped the ball in the air, his teammates went nuts because the person responsible, Mike Hilton, was about two lockers away. Now, let's go back. Shout out to whoever uh, popped that ball in the air. I still have it. I haven't gotten a chance to look at it, man. I, I can help. Who was Mike Hilton. Big shout out to Mike Hilton, the biggest. Big shout out. Big shout out to Mike Hilton. Big. Big shout out to Mike Hilton. I didn't know he popped it up in the air, but big shout out to him. You know, uh, that's just great team ball, and um, I'm, I'm happy he was able to put it in the air, and I was able to keep running and go get it. You saw a lot of snaps tonight, more than yeah. you've seen so far in the preseason. Yeah. How do you feel like you're coming along this preseason, and preseason in terms of your comfort and where you're at in terms of how you're playing? <laughs> He's still on it. Shout out to Mike Hilton. Shout, shout out to Big Mike, but no, um, it, it's good to get a lot of reps. It's good to get um, Zach Taylor, Coach Zach Taylor was just saying um, we got a lot of um, game speed and we got a lot of situations. We got to see a lot of different situations. So that's all it is. Getting reps gives you, uh, puts you in those situations and gets you prepared for the season. That's all. So it's, it's great to get all those reps. Do I remember correctly that you had an interception off Burrow in college? <laughs> Shout out to Mike Hilton. <laughs> but yeah, that, that did happen. Uh, kind of like that. Again, it was a tip in, in college. It was a tip, and I was able to go get it. So yeah. Was that your last interception before tonight? Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty rare at defensive end. They, they are. They are. It's hard. But, um, you know, we got great coaches who uh, let us catch the ball every day, got great hands. <laughs> and again, shout out to Mike Hilton. You know? He doesn't hear me, but it's okay. Shout out to him. But yeah, that was the, that was the last one before tonight, so I'm pretty excited about that. How tiring was the op opening drive? That was a ton of plays. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know, you you can do all you can to get in shape, but nothing really prepares you for a, a 20 20 play drive. So, um, like we were just saying, we were talking to each other on the field. They don't get in, and that that was kind of the mindset of our defense. You know, they can get all the yards they want, but we don't let them get, get points. So. That's what we did. Great teamwork with Mike Hilton on that pick. Shout out to Mike Hilton. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Hilton. I appreciate him. So after Osai's interception, the Bengals offense finally got on the field with Trevor Simeon getting the start at quarterback. He drove the team to the Atlanta 23, but rather than kicking a field goal, Cincinnati decided to go for it on fourth and two. Simeon is ready. Sharping snaps it back. Simeon with good protection. Throws for the end zone. Oh. Incomplete for Trenton Irwin right at the goal line. And the Bengals failed to convert on fourth down and two. The Falcons got on the board with four and a half minutes left in the second quarter on a young way coup field goal. And with less than 30 seconds to go in the half, Atlanta still had a 3-0 lead. That's when Falcons coach Arthur Smith did something he probably wouldn't do in the regular season. On fourth and five at the Bengals 47, he elected not to punt when that almost surely would have guaranteed a three-point halftime lead. Fourth and five at the Cincinnati 47. The Bengals have one timeout left. 29 seconds remaining in the half. Falcons leading by a field goal, 3-0. Two receivers left, two out to the right. 
Heineke is ready. Oh. Low snap. He catches. Under pressure. Throws. Incomplete. The Bengals will get the ball near midfield with 25 seconds left in the half and one timeout to work with, needing to gain about 15 yards to give Evan McPherson a shot. And McPherson got that shot after Simeon completed back-to-back passes to rookies Charlie Jones and Andre Yosivash. Evan McPherson will attempt a 50-yard field goal. He was 4-for-4 four four last week with a long of 51. 5-for-5 five from 50-plus during the regular season last year. Robbins is the holder. He places the ball down. The kick has plenty of distance, and oh, yeah. it is good. Oh, yeah. Money Mac ties the game at three as the first half comes to an end. Simeon was 7-for-14 in the half with a passer rating of 62.2. Jake Browning took over in the second half and promptly drove the Bengals all the way to the Atlanta 13 before settling for a field goal that gave Cincinnati a 6-3 lead. That lead lasted for less than four minutes. On first and goal inside the one, the Falcons line up in a pistol. Heineke catches a low snap, hands it off to Washington, and he goes over the right side of the offensive line for the Atlanta touchdown. The Falcons took a 10-6 lead to the fourth quarter, but that was the only touchdown Atlanta scored. The Bengals' defense had four sacks, nine quarterback hits, and four pass breakups. But after failing to score an offensive touchdown last week against Green Bay, it looked like that might be the case again. Third and nine. Nine defenders right up on the line for Atlanta. Browning back to throw. The pocket closes. Gets away from a sack. Browning stays behind the line. Side on throw. Intercepted at the 42-yard line. The pick happened with five and a half minutes left in the game. Fortunately for Browning and the Bengals, the defense not only got a three and out, but knocked the Falcons backward, forcing Atlanta to punt. With roughly three minutes to go, on their 22nd possession of the preseason, the Bengals finally put together a touchdown drive. Clock running with 2.07 left in regulation. Browning catches the shotgun snap. Steps up in the pocket. Now he will take off and run. He's at the 50, middle of the field, 40. Down to the 37 where he goes into a feet-first slide. A nice scramble by Jake Browning. He ran for 19 yards on that play and 14 yards on the next play. An 18-yard pass to Yosivash moved the ball to the 5-yard line, and back-to-back runs by Chase Brown gave the Bengals the lead. Snap to Browning, hands it off Get to it. Chase Brown, running right up the middle. It's a touchdown! There you go! The Bengals score their first touchdown of the preseason with 50 seconds left in regulation. They've taken a two-point lead with Evan McPherson coming out for the extra point. And I'll tell you, Chase Brown... He, got the, he definitely crossed the goal line with uh, the football. His shoulder pads, his whole upper body crossed that goal line. And this guy's got some thump now. He's got a low center of gravity. He gets under people's pads. That was a very, very explosive run up the gut. Brown finished with 18 yards on nine carries, and Lap talked to him after the game. From preseason game number one to preseason game number two, what's the difference mentally and physically? Yeah, mentally it was a huge jump, um, specifically in protection. So that was my goal this week to be, you know, 100% in um, all my checks, all my routes, just making sure that we're keeping the quarterback clean. And that was something that I did today. And um, you know, that was uh, that's what I was most happy about is just keeping the quarterback up. Um, you know, turn the chains over and just keep the offense on the field, just give us more opportunities to put points on the board. Another thing that is going to be a big factor for you is special teams. How'd that go today? No doubt. Um, definitely room for growth, but 
um, you know, had, had a good kickoff, a uh, couple opportunities to return the ball, but only had that, um, that squib at the end that I got to bring out. So um, definitely grow, uh, room to, to grow in that area. And, uh, you know, I, I love teams. It's, it's uh, you know, a big part of the game. And, you know, to, to um, be a force in that phase um, is something I want to do this year. I mean, you've shown your ability to catch the football. Obviously, great running back. There's, you made people miss. I mean, the thing that jumped out to me right away, the first time I saw you on the field, was your change of direction. I mean, your change of direction is unbelievable. No, I appreciate that. Um, something that I work on a lot during the offseason. Um, something that I got to use to my advantage in college, and I'm just trying to do that at the, in the NFL level. So what do you think uh, in terms of, as you look forward to preseason game number three, any early goals in mind? Yeah, just getting more comfortable. Um, you know, this is my, I'll be going to my third game with this team. Um, and honestly, just being better than I was last week, or, you know, hence this game. So um, just go out there next week, get the W, and um, just compete. Just put put good uh, good tape out there, because that's a resume for everybody out here. And, um, you know, be um, the last time we get to really play together before the regular season. You're a quality guy. This is This football team has got a unique chemistry to it. Did you sense that right away? Yeah, as soon as I stepped in the locker room, um, you know, when I got to meet everybody, uh, and then even spending time with the guys outside the building, you know, you just realize that everybody's so close. Um, the relationships, um, not only uh, on offense, but on defense, you know, they're, they're um, connected everywhere. Every, you know, everybody's close. Everybody spends time with each other. So I think that's a big part in um, team success on the field and just chemistry overall. Brown's touchdown run gave Cincinnati a 13-10 lead with 50 seconds to go. But with former Bengals draft pick Logan Woodside in at quarterback, the Falcons were able to gain 53 yards on three passes and play for the tie since there's no overtime in the preseason. Six seconds left in regulation, the Bengals up by three. Pinion, the punter, is the holder. The snap, the placement, the kick is on its way, and it is good. Good. The final score, 13-13. to 13. It was the third preseason tie in Bengals history and their first since 1971. Here are Joseph Osai and Charlie Jones. How does the tie feel? It's kind of weird. It feels kind of weird. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, like Coach Taylor was saying, we, 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 we took a lot of positives from this game. And these boys are just going to take that and roll with it. I guess it's better than a loss. Is that about the feeling? I guess so. Obviously, we'd <laughs> like to get the win. Um, but, you know, uh, tie, I guess, is better than the loss. And next week, we're looking for that, that win for sure. Jake Browning went 16 for 22, that's 72%, for 140 yards with no touchdowns, one pick, and a passer rating of 70.3. He was also the Bengals' leading rusher with four carries for 50 yards. Here's what he had to say after the game. Jake, you threw for 140, you ran for 50. How'd you feel about your performance? Uh, felt good. Uh, Felt like we were able to move the ball up and down. Kind of got stalled out a little bit in the red zone. Uh, the one, really, the one pick is the throw I want back. But we're able to bounce back and have a good two-minute drive at the end and uh, extend some plays. And yeah, feel feel pretty good about it. The touchdown drive came immediately after the interception. How important was it for you to bounce back after that and play some of your best football? Uh, I mean, it was important because we were losing, too. But, uh, yeah, I think it's good to show. Like, Obviously, the pick was a bad decision. Just got too aggressive. But, 
I think it's good to put on tape that I'll bounce back and you know have a short memory on it. It's always good for quarterbacks. So, but I would say more importantly, we were losing, so I had to go mm-hmm. score. We're talking to Jake Browning. Back-to-back runs on that final drive, 19 yards and 14 yards. You showed that that your legs can be an important part of your game. Yeah, I mean they're just playing a lot of man, and uh, so when you break the break the pocket, there's no one really there, and so yeah, some some of the uh, the reads. I mean, I thought it was good protection and all that. It was just some of the reads weren't there. Maybe have a, a play into a bad look and just try to extend. The offense hadn't scored a touchdown yet in the preseason until that final drive. Was it a relief to, to punch one in the end zone? Yeah, to kind of like earlier. I mean, we were losing, so it was, it was more so. It's nice to take the lead at the end, but yeah, it's I mean, always trying to score touchdowns. So, so that was good. You took the lead with 50 seconds to go. Game winds up in a tie. What's the emotion after a tie? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I've, I've never tied before, so uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think with preseason, you're you know obviously trying to put out good tape in the situation I'm in and play well. So I feel like I played well. It's nice to get a lot of tape and be able to kind of see yourself in game situations, so you can keep getting better and, and keep having things to work on and, and have some strengths or have some plays that went well that you can build on too. Trying to make your case to be Joe's backup. Do you think tonight helped? Uh, I don't know. Just trying to play well. That's someone else's decision and not in my hands. So just trying to play well. And like I said, I'm getting a lot of tape in practice and in the game and trying to make the most out of that where I'm um, building on the good stuff and correcting some of the stuff I can get better at. Congrats on a solid performance. Thank you. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. The only offensive starter to play in Atlanta was Jonah Williams, who got his first 11 NFL snaps at right tackle on the opening drive. I wouldn't expect the other offensive starters to play much, if at all, next week at Washington, as Zach Taylor continues to prioritize getting them to the opener healthy over getting them a taste of live action in the preseason. Zach spent a few minutes with Lap after the tie. Well, I wish we would pulled it out there at the end. It was good to see, you know, defense was on the field quite a bit, especially in the first half, held them to three points. Um, offense was able to finally put together a drive there at the end of the game to, to get in the end zone. Um, and then, we, you know, we had some tough personnel issues. To You know, we, we had to play basically a old school 4-3 with three linebackers in the field and um, a little challenging with some of the coverages those guys had to play that they don't really major in. So um, just needed someone to step up and make a play. Unfortunately, they got that field goal off. So that, that last drive was was a uh, almost Murphy's Law. Everything that could go wrong would, did go wrong personnel-wise? Well, you're, you're just out of DBs at that point. So, um, you know, you're putting linebackers in there, trying to make it work, trying to uh, – furthermore, no huddle, two-minute, you know, trying to get the calls into them. Um, so, again, that's just good experience for those guys, and we'll have a chance to coach them off in the film room tomorrow. So your two quarterbacks looked like they stepped up their performance from last week to this week. Would you agree? There was good things. You know, situationally at the end of both halves – to lead us down and have to manage and in no huddle situations. Uh, they had to make some checks. They had to do a good job redirecting the protections. I, th- I thought they both showed some really good things tonight. What about special teams? What, what did you think when you took a look at what was going on out there from a special team standpoint? Yeah, you know, we didn't get a lot of, we got three punts, I think, uh, one punt return. So uh, I thought there were some positives that showed up um, in terms of covering kicks. I thought that went well. 
Um, you know, we had the one penalty on one of our returns that, that's maybe a little questionable. You know, it was tight. But overall, I thought that they performed well. There were some, uh, some close plays. You challenged. Uh, none, of, none of those went your, went your way, unfortunately. But uh, really, I mean, some of your young guys, I thought Brown showed some things. Yossi Vaz showed some things. Guys that you thought might show some things in preseason game number two stepped up and did. Yeah, I, I thought there was positives from a lot of the guys on this team, uh, more so than last week. I thought we, we played better complementary football. Um, just unfortunately, we weren't able to get the ball in the end zone enough to, to score enough and win the game. What about the offensive line, the, the young group uh, up front? Did they perform better for you this week than last? I think, you know, in pass pro, I, I thought those guys had time. And certainly it's the quarterback's job to move, you know, when, when they're playing so much man coverage and matching some of our concepts, he needs a little bit more time. And so I thought they did a good job fending off those guys up front. So when you look ahead to, uh, to preseason game number three, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, you're, you're basically got another week of training camp for a preseason game that's going to be followed up by a week of work. What, what are your thoughts as you lay out in your mind what you're going to do next week? Well, it's a big work week for us. We get four practices, four pad of practices. Uh, so we'll, we'll get a chance to evaluate how we want to play the game. And, and we've already made some decisions how we want to practice. So it'll be a great opportunity for those guys to get after it a couple times. And um, then we'll make some decisions on how we're going to play the game. The real good thing, I think both teams, I didn't see anybody, you know, in major trouble from an injury standpoint. It looked like both teams get out of this fairly healthy, knock on wood, wherever it may be. I think so. Maybe there might be a couple guys that are day to day. But other than that, I think we're pretty clean. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Next week's game at Washington will start at 6 p.m. It was originally a day game, but got pushed back because Notre Dame faces Navy in Ireland that afternoon, and the two games air on the same TV station in Washington. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. Now, time for the Radio Guys recap. A tie is like kissing your sister. Yeah. But it's better than a loss. It is better than a loss, but, uh, you know, not being able to uh, to stop them with less than a minute to go is, is disappointing. Obviously, a lot of guys uh, ended on a down note as a result of that. You know, Zach was telling me in the postgame show I did with him that, you know, the uh, personnel that was left for them to work with they had to have a lot of linebackers out there. They didn't have enough defensive backs. Got some guys get nicked up, and they were a little bit hamstrung into, as to what they could do from a coverage standpoint, and it got taken advantage of big time. You know, obviously you're hopeful somebody steps up and makes a play, but it was not meant to be. The Bengals went nearly eight preseason quarters without scoring an offensive touchdown, but they got one with 50 seconds to go. How big of a relief do you think that is for the offense and coordinator Brian Callahan? Yeah, I think it's a it's a load off of their uh, their minds and their shoulders. Eight plays, 80 yards, two minutes and 25 seconds. Hadn't scored a touchdown in 119 minutes and 10 seconds and got it done. Uh, six of eight plays in that drive went for first down. So Browning was four for four for 42 yards, two rushes for 33 more. I mean, he was you know, 75 of the of the uh, 80 yards he accounted for. So um, it was a big a big night for, for Brown to get his first NFL touchdown. He was very excited about that. He said it's almost a surreal feeling. And 
I kind of know what he what he means. I mean, just playing in your first NFL game. This was his second one, but doing something in the early stages of your career, even if it's uh, preseason, it's a it's a rush. There's no doubt. It's an adrenaline rush. Let's get back to quarterback Jake Browning. He threw for 140. He ran for 50 between training camp and two preseason games. As of right now, do you think he is the leader? I would, don't think it'd be a, by a wide margin, but if so, do you think he's the leader in the battle to beat Joe Burrow's backup? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 coming down the home stretch, you know, and I think that, um, you know, when you look at it, um, Trevor Simeon had some, had some issues finishing up in the in the second half of the football game. Browning was finishing up in the second half of the football game with different personnel and you get earlier in the football game and he was able to, you know, make some plays. So um, it's good to have options. It's good to, that it's competitive. It's good that they have to make a decision just mm-hmm. like a lot of roster st- decisions that you have to make. Um, it's not uh, it's not a landslide. Yeah. It's a it's it's a battle and it could come down to that very last preseason game, you know, who who ends up, uh, you know, making more plays. But I do think that they've evaluated every single, you know, seven on seven, 11 on 11, all through OTAs, mini camp, training camp. I mean, they've got a, a, a wad of paper <laughs> from an evaluation standpoint, a wad of tape, you know, from an evaluation standpoint. So it, it doesn't come down to just... A, a, a drive or a series or a game. And I should make it clear, I didn't think Simeon was bad no. at all. He had no. that great drive at the end of the half to get the Bengals on the board, had a good drive on the opening possession. They went for it on fourth and two where they would have kicked a field goal. So he was pretty good. I just thought Browning was better. And the difference was probably his legs. Yeah, I thought that uh, that he, he did a really good job of taking full advantage of, you know, real estate that he could take advantage of. Um, you know, he was lamenting the interception, and he basically said what my reaction was when it took place. You know, I was just kind of pressing a little bit, trying to do too much too soon. I mean, it was there was still plenty of time in the game. You didn't have to try to force a play like that at that stage. And, you know, he was lamenting that very thing. But instead of crying his beer, he just, you know, you, you, how do you handle adversity? That's that's a big key, you know. You don't is a guy going to crumble, or is a guy going to jump up and say, I, "I can, you know, put that aside. I can compartmentalize. I'm going to move on and make plays." And he did it. Credit him. Defensively, Mike Hilton and Joseph Osai combined for the big play, the interception on the Falcons' opening drive. If you had to pick out a kind of under-the-radar defensive guy, Raymond Johnson showed up in a big way. He was on the Bengals practice squad last year, but he made several impressive plays. He did, and it was probably against competition. He felt like he should step up and make those plays, but he made them. You know, And maybe next week he'll get in the rotation a little bit sooner and play against, you know, maybe a cut above caliber player. That's the thing that, that from a coaching standpoint, it's like, you know, you're evaluating the plays and you're evaluating not only what your guy is doing, but who is he doing it against, you know, and and, and that's that's a that's a tough curve sometimes, you know, to try to try to grade it fa- fairly. But in my mind, the bottom line is, you know, either you make plays or you don't. And he made he made some splash plays. I mean, he, he flashed in this football game. I only remember one sack. Did you feel like the offensive line was at least better than week one? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought that, uh, you know, that they played with a lower pad level 
a wider base, all the things that you want to play with. Um, you know, when, when it, it gets going full speed like that, sometimes you're, you know, you're in a survival mode and all your technique and everything you've worked on for so long just kind of goes out the window and you're just scuffling, man. You're just, you're just fighting to survive. And I think they were, I thought they were more disciplined uh, in the way they played. I thought they were penalized less. Um, and I thought their technique and, and the way they approached it was much better. The defense played a series. Jonah Williams played a little bit. That was it for the starters. And I don't think we're going to see them in the, the final preseason game next week at Washington. It doesn't sound like it. It really doesn't. Um, and honestly, to get through this game as healthy as they did when they did play everybody. And let's face it, the, uh, you know, the number ones were out there for 15 snaps. On defense, yeah. Yeah, on defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, uh, you know, they were, they were out there for literally two series or three series in a normal football game. And, uh, and it, it, because of the plan Mike Hilton and Osai made, they didn't give up any points, you know. So it was the best of both worlds. They get tested cardiovascularly, physically, um, you know, really got in the flow of how do you perform when you are in a fatigue mode at the end of a long drive. And there are a lot of good things that uh, you can take from that game or from that drive. So if you're going to only play one series in a preseason, that's not a bad one to to, uh, to have, have been a part of because a lot of things took place during the course of that thing. Make sure your grandkids know that Buddy's going to get home very late yes. after a preseason road game in Atlanta and Buddy needs to sleep in on Saturday morning. Needs to sleep in. I know, I know there are some early games tomorrow morning, but guys, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. I might sleep through that alarm clock. I don't think I'm going to hear that alarm clock. It's... it's, it's the games are in jeopardy is all I can say. <laughs> Hopefully Lap is well rested and his grandkids understand. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Now, time for this week's edition of Fun Facts, where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with rookie linebacker Shaka Hayward. Let's start with your last name, Hayward. Yep. You are the cousin yes, of Cameron Hayward, yep. the six-time Pro Bowler with the Steelers. His brother, Connor, also plays for the Steelers. Right. How has the Hayward name impacted your path to the NFL? Uh, you know, I come from a strong family, so that, just, that name just, uh, it just brings all the things, you know, a man should be um, in our family, you know, being the... Uh, the leader of the family, just um, just being a hard, hard-nosed guy, uh, blue collar, working hard, you know, stuff like that. You're from Decula, Georgia, about 30 miles away from Atlanta. How would you describe your hometown? Uh, it's was, it was a small hometown, but it's growing. You know, that side of uh, north side of Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, is really growing now. It's always been a good area. A lot of uh, guys come out of there. Uh, uh, highly recruited football players come out of there. Uh, they got good football down there. We're visiting with rookie linebacker Shaka Hayward. Were you completely focused on sports as a kid, or did you have any other interests? Uh, yeah, pretty much completely uh, focused on sports. I would do football, baseball. I got into basketball a few years, um, and then once I got to high school, pretty much just stuck with football. When it came time for college, mm -hmm. you chose Duke. Right. For the athletics or the academics? Uh, you know, both. You know, I wouldn't go to the school like that just to, you know, play football. I just wanted to take advantage of both sides of the, uh, of the coin there, so... Uh, you know, they got great academics and football. 
Your major is listed as evolutionary anthropology. Right. How would you describe that field of study? Uh, I liked it. You know, I just like learning about the history of, you know, humans and, um, you know, other uh, animals over time and how we uh, just developed as a, a species. How hard was Duke? <laughs> well, I had great academic advisors, academic advisors, which made it easy for me to, uh, you know, be able to stay ahead of my classes and stuff like that. So not too bad. You are a four-year starter at Duke and a two-time winner of the Vincent Ray Award, which goes to the team's top linebacker. Right. Vincent Ray, of course, is Vinny Ray, right. former Bengal, team chaplain. Have you two guys hit it off since you got here? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was talking to him throughout the, um, you know, the draft process, and he just told me to you know, keep working, uh, watch a lot of film. Um, yeah, but we've been, he's been a great uh, mentor for me on and off the field, just about life in general. Um, so, yeah, he's been great ever since... Uh, uh, I met him and uh, th through Duke, so he's been great. You were invited to the NFL Combine, ran a 4-5-3-40, which was in the top 10 among linebackers. You played in the East-West Shrine game. Tell yeah. me a little bit about the lead-up to the draft and, and your preparation for trying to earn a spot with an NFL team. Uh, it was good, you know. I tried to do everything I could to, you know, maximize my potential in the draft by, uh, like you said, uh, having a good uh, top 10-40. You know, not testing well and stuff like that. But uh, when it comes down to football, I also try to sharpen my skills because I know the combine is just testing numbers. But when you get to the league, it's more about, you know, how efficient you are as a uh, mover. You know, it's not really how fast you run to 40. You got to be able to read uh, offenses, you know, react to different things. So it's just uh, tying it all together. Was it disappointing not to be drafted? Yeah, I was uh, disappointed, but it gave me a little chip, my, a chip on my shoulder, definitely, you know, heading into the um, – heading into OTAs uh, with the Bengals to just prove myself, to prove that uh, I'm somebody that, you know, they need on the team. Had you talked to the Bengals in the pre-draft process, and why did you wind up signing with Cincinnati? Uh, yeah, so I talked with uh, Coach Betch and uh, Coach Kovacs. I can't remember. If I definitely had a, a Zoom meeting with uh, Coach Betcher, and we just talked football. And um, he asked me a lot of good questions just about uh, the stuff that we were in, just knowing like the whole defense, knowing what uh, the, the moves were, what the possibilities were from the offensive, uh, from offense standpoints, like the routes or the run game, stuff like that. Uh, we talked about a lot of, you know, things that he wanted to do to work with me, uh, you know, once I got here and if I got here, like on with the Bengals. Felt like they had a good culture, you know, talking to the uh, coach, I felt like they had a good winning culture. And when I got here, everyone was really, you know, obviously professional, but they're obviously trying to be like the best that they could and just push each other. And that's just, that's like the kind of uh, environment I wanted to be around. So that's why I chose to come to the Bengals. Some wild card topics now for rookie linebacker Shaka Hayward. Who's your all-time favorite athlete in any sport and why? I'd have to go Mike Tyson, just how uh, relentless he was, how fearless he was in the, uh, you know, in the ring. And he just always talking about being in that mode and not even being able to turn it off even when he goes home, which is, you know, not necessarily a great thing, but that just shows, you know, like how locked in he was and how, like, determined he was to be just, like, the best. So, What do you like to spend your money on? Mm, I really don't like to spend my money at all. You're frugal? Yeah, very frugal, yeah. That's a good trade for a rookie. If anything, I'll, you know, take my parents to a nice place, um, you know, spend time with family. Other than football, mm -hmm. what was your favorite part of being a Duke student? Just connecting with the other uh, students or student athletes like on campus, you know, they're all like the best at what they do, whether that's, you know, being an engineer, um, mathematicians, uh, lacrosse, soccer, they're all just like at the top of their line. So it was great being around them. 
It is an impressive student body. Final question for Shaka Hayward. This one's kind of deep. If you could meet anybody in history, living or deceased, could be an athlete, entertainer, statesman, whoever it might be, uh -huh. who would that person be? Shaka Zulu. <laughs> he was the leader of the uh, Zulu nation in South Africa. Hmm. And, you know, I, was, I think it'd be cool because I'm named after him. So I think it'd be cool to obviously meet him and, you know, see, just pick his brand about just being a fearless leader that he was back in, back in the day. So. Shaka Zulu. Yep. That's right. Yep. Shaka Hayward, best of luck the rest of uh, the preseason, and thanks for the time. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. By AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. And by Kettering Health the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.